Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. So let's get into the uh, the Phil Knight Invitational. And North, number one, North Carolina is playing Portland. The Tar Heels are favored by 14 and a half. The total is at 151 and a half. Um, I'm out on a limb and I say I believe that Carolina has the ability to literally run the entire gamut from A to Z this season. What I like about Carolina, especially, um, and it's their first road game for the year, but I think good to have it against Portland. I think they cover easily. But I think because of the coaching of um, Hubert Davis, players see a recent NBA player as their head coach. He could talk about playing with uh, Hall of Famers that players recognize. And because Hubert Davis was an exceptional bench player in the pros, he'll be able to handle his own bench. I think that's what college basketball comes down to is when the bench players get in there, are they not scared? And that's why I think Carolina may be the most dangerous college basketball team. I'm going to put it out there. They may be as dominant as the UNLV team of about 30 years ago with Larry Johnson and Stacey Augman and Moses Scurry, the team that you actually like. Can we see birth certificates on these guys? I think Carolina or North Carolina, I don't want to show my my homerism, may be that dominant the entire year. I don't hate that take. I mean, we saw what they did last year. They were pretty successful getting up to the national championship game, and they picked up kind of right where they left off. In this game against Portland, they're a huge favorite, 14 and a half points. I don't think that's enough points. I mean, you talk about having R.J. Davis, Armando Baycott, some great offensive talent. They're putting up more than 80 points a game, and Portland's struggling to defend. They're giving up more than 70 points a game. So while Portland's good, good on the the offensive glass, that's kind of the only spot where they're thriving this season, and thriving's probably uh, giving them a little too much credit. Defensively, UNC only given up 64, 68 points in the last two games, so they're not allowing teams to do a whole lot. And if we talk about the caliber uh, of play and talent between these two teams, UNC's up here 
and Portland's kind of uh, down here. So I think this is going to be a runaway spot for UNC, and they just continue to kind of uh, roll over teams. Yeah, I think the only play on this game would be the under. If Carolina can hold them, Portland to say 60 points, then you're talking about a 90, you're talking about a 30-point spread just to get to 150. So I would probably lean to the under with Carolina probably winning by 2025, but it could be a game that's probably 85-45, 85-55, somewhere in there. So I think that 151 is a bit high, uh, but I don't think the game would be close. All right, here's an interesting game. Number 20, UConn versus Oregon. Uh, the Huskies are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. The total at 139-and-a-half. UConn in a rebuild where, like, I, you feel like they have momentum moving forward. And I, I'm surprised. That, I can understand why this game is such close at the teeth. It's kind of a, a home game for Oregon. You want to see what, Kentucky, uh, what uh, Connecticut can do on the road. But I, I think Connecticut will be able to show that, okay, this team is for real and this is going to be one of your top 15 teams maybe throughout the season. Uh, yeah, I, I also agree with you here. I feel like we're going to be agreeing a lot over these next couple of, of games that we're going to talk about. And I'm going to be taking the favorites um, in a lot of these games because clearly I think it's just the right side. You talk about Oregon and what they've been doing lately. They're great at moving the ball on offense, finding the open man. They're an unselfish team. They're aggressive on the offensive glass. And, and offensive rebounding is one thing that I look at and, and take into account pretty strongly when handicapping games. And that's something that uh, UConn does very well. Uh, they also don't turn the ball over much. So you talk about uh, managing your possessions, keeping the ball uh, on your side, not giving the opposing team too many extra possessions, but that is something that Oregon does a lot. They're turning the ball over a ton. Uh, they're struggling to shoot the three. So if you're giving up extra possessions, you're not knocking down threes. So you're relying on, on two point uh, field goals all game. That's not exactly going to get it done against a top 25 team. And one that even though they are kind of rebuilding have looked pretty cohesive through these first couple of games of the season. Yeah, I totally agree. I, you know, I think this game will be kind of close, though, I think because one team that's good in figuring itself out and the other team that has a, histor a history of being pretty good over here the last 10 years, maybe still trying to figure some things out and maybe in an Oregon a little bit of a rebuild, that this will be a this might be the closest game to watch out of all the games. But it's I think just what you call an iron sharpens iron game. Can, uh, uh, Connecticut gets the win and it shows they can go on the road and get the win. And for Oregon, they might say, hey, we hung with the top 20 team. And maybe that'll help them as they're navigating through the Pac-12 this year. All right, third game in the invitational side of Phil Knight. Uh, Alabama, number 18, versus number 12, Michigan State. Crimson Tide is favored by three and a half. That's a surprise there. Total at 144 and a half. You know what? In these tournaments like this, I don't like betting against Tom Izzo. It feels like Michigan State is kind of one of those teams that is built for these type of tournaments. I don't care if... You know, you could put them in a tournament where they're playing against the number one, two, and three ranked team, and they can be unranked. And somehow Michigan State brings this game down to, to one of the final two possessions. Um, Tom Izzo is, is not a believer in taking the transfer, uh, the graduate students in. He's not a big portal guy. He's not a big one-and-done guy. But let's just call it what it is. Michigan has become this very rich bed of college players and Tom Izzo has consistently put guys, not necessarily superstars, 
But you look across NBA rosters, you're going to see a lot of Michigan State guys who did play three or four years and are very serviceable. And when you can sell that to kids who are coming in saying, look, you don't have to worry about this guy coming in as a graduate transfer. You don't have to worry about this hot shot one and done. You're going to be our guys, and I know how to get you to the pros. So I like Michigan State in this game in the upset. It's not really an upset to me, but in terms of the money line, it is. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I guess I shouldn't have been so quick to say I'm taking all the favorites here because I figured Michigan State would have been a favorite in this game. So that's what I was thinking. But I would totally take the points with the Spartans. You talk about what they've done so far this season. They've already faced two top five teams. They beat Kentucky in double overtime. That's hard to do. Uh, so they've been tested already this season. In Alabama, they're looking for their first win over a ranked team. They have four straight wins, but none of their opponents have a winning record. So they're playing all these overmatched teams. It's hard to say how good Alabama really is. So that's very surprising to see Michigan State as the underdog here. What Michigan State likes to do, and Tom Izzo is great at coaching, is force a lot of turnovers. Alabama's given the ball up 17 times per game. That's a lot. Mm. So that's going to be something that Alabama's really going to have to focus on is taking care of the basketball in this game. Uh, otherwise, this feels like an easy win for Michigan State. Spartans also holding opponents under 40% which will kind of keep Alabama's offense in check, which is, I mean, Alabama's offense is pretty good, but when you're going up against a defense like that, I think that this has Michigan State written all over it. And to your point of Tom Mizzo knowing how to play in these tournaments, getting his guys to show up, I mean, that's just something that that I don't want to bet against at all. Yeah, you mentioned Alabama and, and their ability to score points. They're number two in the country in defense at about 36% field goal percentage. But as you mentioned, they've beaten teams that don't have winning records. So maybe your defensive numbers and percentages are going to look good when you're playing against teams that can't win. So, I mean, this is something I would jump on. If I knew that Michigan was an underdog, I, I would have probably either adopted this dog or, you know, I, I definitely, I would even look at the money line for sure. Yeah. Um, the, the total of 144, man, it seems like they've got that pegged right because if Michigan get, can get you into games where in the 70s, those are the games where they are like, hey, if this is a two-possession game and it's in the 70s, this is where Michigan State pulls these type of games off. And so, um, yeah, that much, you know, that usually totals are something I can deal with, but this total at 144 just kind of spooks me because Michigan can get these games into the 70s where it might be 72, 71, and that's going to be, and it's going to put you a couple points short of the over. Uh, of the total. So it, it's going to be pretty interesting to watch. So that's the invitational side. All right. Now let's go to the Phil Knight. Uh, we did the invitational. This is the legacy tournament where you've got number eight Duke going up against Oregon State. Duke is favored by 21 and a half with the total of 139 and a half. Where do you see a play? Because I see no value on the money line at minus 7,000. No, take absolutely. my money. I'm just free. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's a play that I don't recommend taking because there's no value right there, but Duke yeah. 21 and a half point favorites. 
I, I would lay the points with Duke. Their only loss this season is to Kansas. Yes, John Shire has taken over this year for uh, Coach K, but it hasn't really slowed them down all that much. Freshman Kyle Filipowski leading the Blue Devils in scoring in four consecutive games. He's been a bright spot on this roster so far. Uh, Seven-footer, dominant on the glass. Ten rebounds in only 25 minutes uh, of play per game. So this this player's doing a ton for the Blue Devils uh, each game. And as a team, they're out-rebounding teams 84-8 to 38 in their five games so that just goes to show how dominant they are uh, on the offensive glass on the offensive side uh, of the court as a whole and then Oregon State I look at this team and they're a different team than last year but they finished last year three and 28 so you still have some of those same pieces on the roster where yes you've brought in some new players but things aren't going to drastically turn around this early in the season when you were that bad last year and their schedule so far the teams that they've played it's been pretty kind to them um haven't played a road game yet this year it's been comfortable and easy at home for them so i think this is going to be the first uh real test of the season for them and one that they're not going to be able to keep up with the blue devils in yeah i may hammer the over in this one because oregon state is so bad handling the ball that for every time five times that they handle the ball there's a turnover more than five it's it's 22 percent of the time so for every five possessions they're giving you one back i mean that's better than some of these holiday rebates you will see when you start buying <laughs> stuff online so with turnovers lead to easy buckets easy buckets lead to points Points lead to high scores. So I could see Duke possibly winning this or scoring into the hundreds, maybe Mm -hmm. 100 to 60. So I might hammer the over in this one because with all those turnovers, and you mentioned Oregon has just been horrible over their last 30 games. Um, Yeah, this could be one that you can run away with. Even maybe even with the, 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 the spread, you could probably hammer that as well. All right, and the other game, number 24, Purdue versus West Virginia. The Boilermakers are one and a half point favorite total. 135 and a half. Uh, I don't have a gauge on this game. I haven't watched all the games so far, but I, it, it seems like when you take a couple of teams that this is not the same Purdue team as last year, obviously, Ivy's in Detroit, but it just seems like when these mid major, when these majors have mid level teams, it's kind of hard to really put a finger on. Yeah, I would agree, and I think yeah. West Virginia, they uh, yep, drive to the basket a bunch, get some, uh, get Zach Eady and some foul trouble for Purdue, and West Virginia takes this one. For more, listen to the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM weekday mornings from six to nine Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.